Hey, this is Mercedes. And this is Morgan. And And we are one half of Kitty. And we're hanging out here with Ghost Cult. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Steve, filling in for OJ. It's time for another Stephen Keefe Power Hour, where we recap last month's releases, discuss our album of the month for September, and preview new music coming in October. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Keefe, and you are listening to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. It is the Stephen Keefe Power Hour, our monthly recap and forecast of metal and rock new releases. I am joined once again, and always and forever, by my dear friend and colleague, senior editor of GhostCultMag.com. Steve Tovey. How are you doing, Steve? Oh, good, Keith. Good to see you again, mate. Good to see you looking happy and chilled after your travels <laughs> right to left back across the US. And yeah, uh, it was ill-fated. Uh, I probably should not have, you know, <laughs> some of it was necessary. I needed to be out at a certain period of time for a while. And I was like, while I'm out here, let me do all the things. And it's like my heart and my mind are, they were in the right place. But then <laughs> the work part of it and the yeah, the it, it was it was very complicated, and I probably should have made several smaller trips instead. But I am doing great, thank you, sir. That's good. Nothing is much quieter, much more normal uh, pace of life for me. But yeah, happy. You all, you also had your halls, as they say, and uh, you always enjoy the islands. I think, unless it's family yeah. thing. So uh, it seems like you came back also very refreshed. Yeah, and I've been doing good. Managed to not put on weight as well, which was uh, like a big, a big thing. There's someone that's put a lot, a lot into losing weight this year and getting back towards being, uh, yeah, fitter and healthier. So been a good day. Yeah, kept, kept on my gym routine. So about to start. I'm committing to it. So I'm going to say it on uh, on the podcast. About to commit to a month of uh, no alcohol, which worked really well in the summer in terms of uh, health and fitness and feeling good. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. It worked out right last time, so although tonight doesn't count for that. So <laughs> yeah, of course. Toasting you with a cider. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, I, um, I've been, this is my second podcast in a row, so no beer for me yet. Maybe later, but I did have a beer last night. I saw Converge as we record this today. I saw Converge and Def Club last night. Of course, the, you know, the front person of Def Club is Justin Pearson of 31G. Who invited me out he's like i'm going to be in your area do you want to come to the show yes i do uh and uh also uh formerly covered by ghost cult king yosef and entry so it was quite a a very ghost cult hardcore as i said punchy punchy fighty fighty show and it was a lot of fun i haven't seen conversion in a small room like that in probably two decades and that was wonderful and a great show converge killed it just absolutely killed it of course and um Ithaca is actually coming here next week, and I think I'm going to be out of town. They're doing very few shows in America. I think they're coming in to play festivals, and they're doing a handful of shows like L.A., San Francisco, New York, Chicago, and out again beside the festivals. And then I know they have the big show in London coming up soon. We talked earlier about them a couple of months ago about how hype I was for them and that album. So 
lots of cool stuff going on. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I try to eat all the pizza in New York. I did the opposite. I definitely didn't mind my health quite as well. Ate my way through all the Chicago things. I do not like the deep dish pizza. And I tried to order a thin crust pizza, which is actually supposed to be the pizza of Chicago. And they got the order wrong. So <laughs> one of the famous three or four pizza places of Chicago botched my order. So I did not get they sent They sent me an unsliced pizza pie to a hotel I had checked out of with no utensils. <laughs> what do I do? Just hold it up and I'm going to eat it like a, like a disc. Like, what do I do with this thing? Um, but um, <laughs> I am trying to, I have been trying to get out of the house after we're done. I'm going to go for a walk and I'm trying to move a little bit more because this sedentary life has been getting to me and I need to just take some of this weight off. And I don't have the temptation of eating all the New York pizzas uh, anymore, so I'm trying to be a little more. Uh, I, was you know, say, I mindful. think West Coast was the haven for for health and well being, isn't it? <laughs> supposed to be, supposed to be. Um, somebody asked me what's like the number one feature of uh, California living there, and I was like sunshine and avocado. Uh, mm -hmm. To get fresh avocados, actually, like because when you get them, you need to ripen them usually wherever you get them anywhere else in the world or in the country. And in California, they're because they're so prevalent, they're everywhere. You can get them in all stages and any time, basically, if you know where to go and have a shop for them. So, anywho, it's the Keith and Stevie Health Hour. Um, health and wellness. So eat your greens and vitamins and yes, I'll home and yeah. be happy. I, I will tell you, one, you know, one thing I was over in uh, New York for two little legs of my trip, and Omar has been doing this thing called AG1, uh, formerly known as Athletic Greens, which is a green drink you have every day that is packed with vitamins. And I tell you that it was not only, you know, you get used to the taste, but actually I felt better when I had it. Yeah. I'm going to try to get them to give us a partnership or a sponsorship or something and send us a case of this stuff, or I'm going to have to just spring for it and buy it. Cause now that I'm not having it every day, I definitely noticed a difference in my body. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is actually what well, is benefiting me <laughs> greatly. So shout out to Omar and AG one. And uh, maybe uh, like I said, I'm going to try to pursue them for some partnership. So Deal. Know their shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, brother. Um, and my uh, my lady friend went to Riot Fest dressed as Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh no, Macho Man, Macho Man, Randy not Savage, not Rowdy Ryder. But I have Rowdy Roddy Piper in my head too because when we were in New York, Omar and I saw They Live uh, in the movie theater because it was the anniversary, thirty fifth anniversary of the movie. So that was fun too. A lot of a lot of wrestling stuff going around. But anywho. We're usually here to talk about albums. We are here to talk about the new the new rock and metal releases. I shouted that out in the opening. And uh, we are full into the thick of the fall and how many releases there are. And there were tons in September. There are tons in October. So we have our work cut out for a shout out and gratitude to the whole staff. They have been doing a phenomenal job of keeping up. I actually wrote two reviews in the same month, which is unusual for me. Uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, so I'm biased toward those records for this month. But um, how is your September for music listening and, edit, you know, the editorial side for you? Yeah. No, it's a, a, you know, I know we say it pretty much every month, but it was a really, really strong month. I mean, I think we talked in the last pod about how the last week of September was more albums released on that day that were worthy of comment than probably any other date in the year. Um that year previous to it, but um, again, like you said, the, the, the team, the the, uh, the squad responded really well. Um, we had a couple of 
couple of surprise releases that I'll cover in a mo that you know we we had to had to respond to. I think uh, yeah, both yourself and myself came out of reviews writing retirement um, to to help with the, with the strain of things. But it's always it's always a good thing because it's always coming from a position that it shows how healthy the alternative and the uh, heavy music scene is. Um, I mean, we were sitting in September with I'd imagine. I imagine, I know, um, with 40 plus releases that we would like to have covered that are triage and highlight this green. And yet, how can we get these done? And, and just not enough people to, to go around because there's so much great music happening. Um, so, yeah, um, so yeah, September wise, there's a couple of surprises, um, as well. But I think we talked last time, so we don't need to go to too much, too much, too much detail, um, about the hulking metal behemoth that I was going to say uh, that is the new Silosis album that I think started the month really really strongly um, from, from a metal perspective um, we'd spoken in August around how good Earn uh, their album was and how strong the I guess the the scene in the UK has been and then Silosis come along and uh, further give evidence to that um, speaking of UK bands we we exchanged a few messages about Grove Street who I can't believe we're a UK band. Um, kind of like sound like Suicidal Tendencies meets Power Trip, but not sounding US in a fake kind of way, just in this really genuine um, love of the music, that kind of combo of skate, hardcore and and thrash coming together. And I think that the yeah, the Grove Street album was one of the surprises of the month. One we knew was coming, um, but wasn't quite expected to be as, as good as it was because it's top to bottom. Every track on there is an absolute banger and uh, a really impressive album um and hands with hands on, on on the review for that one um hans lopez the other bits that the other surprises to mention that we didn't go into last time we had um, i think the filth is eternal album it's really strong uh, punk punk based record blood command released a, a 20 track album that's all over the place but in a good way <laughs> we have to say this like we say horrible records of good records being all over the place is a good thing as well. Big fan of albums and bands that do more than one thing, um, as you know. Um, I'll finish up with a little mention of three record, three releases from September that we didn't really cover. Um, well, two we didn't know about, and one we didn't cover in our last uh, last chat. Um, picked up on the She Burns Red um, record. It was kind of a contemporary, rocky uh, alternative rock with a really good energy and a really sort of um, strong vibe all the way through it. And I want to mention it as well as a shout out to our writer, Tom Thrower and uh, Mrs. Thrower, who are unfortunately not going to name their newborn Bolt, despite how much I tried to get Tom to uh, to name their newborn Bolt Thrower. Uh, but the uh, the last review that Tom submitted before going on paternity leave was she burned red and he did a really good job on also very, very enjoyable and strong album. So to our surprise releases, so we both talk before about how one it's difficult to edit and plan for reviews that are announced on a tuesday and come out on the friday uh, no matter how good they are uh, but also we talked about like with Avenged sevenfold um even when you're a massive band sometimes a surprise release doesn't work for you if you're an underground band it's even less likely to do so so i'll start with i think uh the release of the two is probably overshadowed by the other one and actually by being a surprise release, I think Blood Incantation didn't get the momentum and the uh, the credit that the the two tracks that they put out, this um, twenty minute EP, two ten minute songs, deserves because it's it's a, it's a really really good EP, really really strong. Um, first tracks the, I guess the more traditional from their Morbid Angel progressive death metal track with a really cool outro, and then goes into something that's like a, a play on the um, 
uh, is it time wave zero stuff they did and then the next kind of iteration progression from that more synthy more kind of um soundtrack sort of orientated so it's a very strong ep but it was overshadowed by tomb mold who i guess with the exception that proves the rule um so they announced their new album on tuesday everyone sort of lost their shit between tuesday and friday the album came out on friday and everybody else lost their shit on it um because i mean obviously tomb mold part of the like the new new wave i don't know how many waves we are at now of new waves of death metal but up there with Gate Creeper, Blood Incantation, um, you know, and, and others, Undeath, uh, as the forefront bands of the yeah, the new kind of breed of death metal. Um, and they're coming out with this like very controversial, it shouldn't have been, it's just three dudes wearing t-shirts and shorts on a cover, but very controversial cover, uh, album, uh, sorry, magazine cover, uh, and a really, really strong, um, and strong is kind of underplaying, just this excellent prog death metal release um yeah the enduring spirit from tomb mold is just a you know really really um exceptional record uh, and fair play to it because always like tomb mold you know the last couple of albums are really strong death metal records but they found a niche and they're not just found the niche and they've kind of played around and dabbled with it they've absolutely nailed so they've taken kind of like the blueprint from individual thought patterns um and just put their own stamp on it you know it's not a de- death copy but that progressive elements that are in um you know in in those sort of albums that death were doing towards the end of their career they've mixed with their own style their kind of more technical contemporary death metal uh, that they've been producing and so i did spend a lot of september listening to two mold um unlike other people um there, there's a couple of albums that I'll, I'll leave for you to talk through and one that we'll we'll hold back um for our our album of the month but that was uh yeah it's been my month good great loved it and uh fair play to well for proving me, me you us wrong that sometimes surprise releases can work right and i would say if you had told me that album was we knew that album was coming out even Whoa. 30 days earlier we surely would have been hyping it we surely would have been promoting and sharing things yeah, they gave no inkling no single no warning no no hints they just put a rec. They put a record together and decided to not hold it back. I guess or here's what we were gonna do all along. Geniuses in a way. Um, the magazine thing was bizarre. I don't understand. <laughs> Every band dresses that way. There's nothing remarkable about the clothing they were wearing that warned like. So when is resident? Resident Evil t-shirts, not metal, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, these guys look like they're going to change your oil. Yes, that's how most people who are in bands dress casually. And for the, you know, stage and for, like, whatever rigors of life they have, touring, being in the van, loading in and out, I can't remember. Like, you know, these are not operational on bands that are dressed by people. Um I, re- I saw the press photo for uh, Empire State Bastard. Um, speaking of impressive yeah. releases, we didn't talk much that much about. Yes. Um, their photo with uh, the Biffy Clyro guys, they are dressed immaculately and photographed beautifully, like almost Anton Corbin, uh, Helmut Newton style photography where they're posed a certain way and they look really cool. Those guys are in an internationally huge headline famous band and they're dressed by stylists and things for even just the photo shoot or this. I interviewed them. They're very fashionable folks, Uh, even though Chris performs with no shirt on. (laughs) 
It's <laughs> a weird looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like British David Yao of Jesus Lizard. But, um, and they were lovely. And that's coming up soon. Uh, hopefully in a few weeks, it goes cold. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, the, the brouhaha puzzled me wildly. But, anywho, on the plus side, the realms we did know that were coming out. I would say did what I expected. I, you know, I knew I would love the Baroness. I try not to gush about how much you can read my review. Uh, it's unusual that I have reviewed two albums in a row by a band that I do truly care about and love deeply. And they are amazing, delivered a phenomenal, nuanced, incredible record that just continues what they're doing. Uh, picked up the Stephen Wilson review. I'm a massive fan and uh, I really didn't like the last record. I understood what he was going for, and I just didn't hit with me. It wasn't a bad record. It was just not a record I go back to, among his other records, considering the previous few. And this new one is amazing. Um, I'll save the other one. But here's here's a record we didn't get to cover as a band we have covered in the past. I was probably turned. We've done a premiere for them, and it was probably turned on to me by uh, the great uh, Paul Quinn. And that's Bear from Pelagic Records, their album Vanta. It's a little cough there. Um, it's dusty in here. It's dry. I'm just, yeah, I'm still kind of like getting settled. You can't see the chaos off camera, like a whole <laughs> <time>. a laundry <laughs> bag, and yeah. <laughs> shirts and hats and lights. Um, but yeah, Bear, right, is on Pelagic Records, the great Pelagic Records label, headed by Robin stab of the ocean collective and bears sort of like a doomy hardcore band basically progressive hardcore and uh really underrated and we just one of those things capacity and by the way we review more albums than anybody i think except the big big ones who have all we have a volunteer staff you do a gargantuan job of managing and we reviewed so much music and there's still things we didn't get to that are very high quality um in terms of september just to talk about some less known things that we didn't really go deeply into last month because i try to make these podcasts enjoyable and different every month i really enjoyed harm's way and that record mm-hmm. surprised me i knew i was going to be like it was hyped and i heard, liked what i heard but then, then to take the whole thing in in a whole Shout out to Timmy Ledden, the big show, for his review there. And uh, really surprised me at how they were trying. They were trying to break away from, you know, this kind of impression that everybody has of them. Another one we just reviewed that I wasn't very like, wasn't at the top of my radar, but I should have been is Woe from New York, which is a black metal band. Um, Chris Griggs has uh, been following us on, on X or whatever it is, social media, and a terrific record. And terrific review. Again, shout out to our team. And uh, a record we didn't, I wasn't really a, like on my radar, but we did a premiere for them for their EP that just dropped, uh, which is Death Blow. And this is kind of like a thrashy, gnarly, uh, thrashy metal band. And then, you know, again, other things I expected to like, Three Teeth, Gunship, you know, Grove Street. I expected to like all those records and I, and I, quite, I quite did. So that was kind of my month. And then, you know, I li- I don't know about you. I have the things that I always go to. So I listen to my go-to records all like weekly. I listen to the same four or five things always. That's it's the same thing with movies. It's my comfort food. Um, 
it's my comfort food to listen to Opeth Damnation on any wow. given day or mm-hmm. Faith No More, Angel Dust or Alice in Chains just celebrated an anniversary with Dirt and I listen mm-hmm. to it monthly, at least if not weekly. So, you know, those things I always return to, to kind of cleanse the palate and just center me back again. But I, uh-huh. you know, these were, this is a very good month for listening to new stuff. So now I have a, I'm about to admit, a, uh, I don't know, a very geeky habit, a very geeky way of listening to music. And I think it goes back to the first iPod classic I had. Um, but I tend to just run through my library album by album in alphabetical order. Um, so go up from A, sorry, uh, or numbers first, I believe. Um, or dot, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I start with like, I don't know. 1987 by White Snake, or um, and then work all the way through, get down to Zune by the Nephilim, um, and then start and go back again to all the ones that I've kept over the years. I do prune as I go, and sometimes I get rid of loads of stuff and have a big binge and purge kind of um, selection. But so yeah, um, so I, that's how I kind of fill in the gaps in between. But on that, the uh, the comfort food stuff, um, just because how it fell alphabetically, I've had a bit of a skid row binge this month. So, because all their albums begin with S, so we had Subhuman Race, uh, Skid Row, and Slave to the Grind, but all their setback albums, sorry, begin with S. Um, and I know you, you, uh, I'm going to say nagging again, nagging reminding me to go back and check their album from last year, which I know Duncan covered for us and gave a really, gave a really positive review to you. So I will, I will continue my Skid Row deep dive. That's not even very deep at all. My deep, Skid Row shallow dive uh, with their most recent records, go with the first three. But oh, I love great time listening to Slave to the Grind again. Gang's all here, man. That's the, yeah, that record's (laughs) great. And weirdly enough, I don't know if it's just casually, we've been getting like new comments on my interview with Snake Sabo. Uh, You know, we get comments all the time on YouTube and I think, you know, things, whatever, it's probably the same as Google search. Search traffic sometimes will suddenly drive an old review on our site up to get more hits. So, or someone will reshare, oh, remember this? And it'll get reshared either by the band, the label or fans. And it'll, I'll notice like, oh, suddenly this review has like four or 500 views out of nowhere from two years ago. It's the same thing with our YouTube. And I think people are rediscovering or finding that album because they're touring. So people are finding uh, that album again now. And then they're finding my interview with Snake, which was amazing. And I highly recommend it for people who are fans of that band. And um, Sebastian Bach, I'm waiting on you to reply to me from the messages from many years ago <laughs> to do an interview with you. And um that's that's amazing. Speaking of iPods, my iPod was my backup listening device on my trip. So I took I my to 40 gig iPod that has a headphone jack. So these headphones, I wore them on all my plane rides, several. And I always had it with me as a, like a backup listening device because I'm always, my earbuds don't have like a lot of long list, like lasting power. So they die quick after a few hours. So I always need, I can't. All these human beings, I can't do it, man. <laughs> I can't do this. Oh, no, no. It's like World Music War Z. I have to, yeah, yeah. I have to keep the headphones on and keep the quiet, the noise down of everybody else. But yeah, that was my month. Do you want to reveal the September wow. album of the month? I do, and I'm going to do a little bit of a, a lead up to it. So we we talked through sometimes certain months we with um, albums a month that are really cut and dried. Um, there's no. No, no doubt amongst the staff team as to, as to who they're going to be. Um, but we actually had uh, a really, really close close run uh, voting for Album of the Month this time around. Um, and I want to mention as part of the, the build-up to it, so we talked about Solosis, that was one of the, the contenders. Um, but the team, quite rightly, um, a lot of champions in the team for the new Cannibal Corpse album, um, well-written review from Gary Alcock for that one. Uh, a lot of champions in the team for the new Tesseract album, which I have to say I think is a, is, is a 
a gorgeous album. Like in terms of prog metal, uh, I'm not the world's biggest prog metal fan. I think it's more than fair to say. I've never pretended to be. Although I do like, like despite the fact Devin's one of my favourite artists of all time ever, I don't tend to live too much in the prog metal space. But the new Tesseract album for me, it it it's sublime. It's you know it's an incredible record that um, is close to for me prog metal perfection that you can get. Um, but um, all pipped by um, 29th of September, you know, the end of the month, uh, those, those big release day and the biggest, probably the biggest rock metal album um, of the year so far. And I'm really pleased that it's, it's landed. We spoke about Code Orange last month and I talked about how I thought they may have perhaps blown it, that they may not be poised for the world domination that they deserve, but very, very happy to say that with the above, they've now got the whole world in their hands. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a brilliant, absolutely incredible record. I think it's for me probably the album of the year, heavy album of the year so far. Um, we'll see how it takes off over the next couple of months and then into 2024 with what touring they do and what plans they've got. But they've um it's like the, the they've got the evolution spot on. So you had Forever, which was the obviously Code Orange Kids before, um, but then you had Forever, which was the the relaunch, um, the defining of the kind of the the glitchy, um, heavy hardcore um, post metalcore kind of kind of sound underneath, and took them into some different directions. I personally didn't feel it was quite quite there, but and to use a phrase I used on here before, but second mouse gets the cheese, and I think the above is that. Is the second mouse? It's come in. Um, it's like a homage to the the '90s and the you know the 2000s, um, but not in a way any way that sounds dated. You know, it's it's got code orange through the um, through the center of it as well. So it's kind of this industrial metalcore kind of you know awesome um, collective of, of heavy alternative music. You can. I think you hear all the big names in there as you go through Nine Inch Nails, Corn, White Zombie, Slipknot, Marilyn Manson, Roadrunner, 1990s Roadrunner, Deftones, all those bits. What I think is interesting, and uh, Smashing Pumpkins aren't particularly a personal favourite band of mine, but Billy Corgan guests on the track, um, and you can really hear some Smashing Pumpkins influence at several points throughout the album. As soon as you get deeper into it, and they, they sort of move more into some of the more grungy alternative rock songs, um, you've got like Splinter of the Soul, um, Circle Through. It's just really, really great alternative heavy songs. Um, but they've worked on over the years. The song craft has been perfected. Uh, the song and the album dynamics are, are incredible. Um, you know, starting with the first track that's this mix of heaviness, but then piano and some clean vocals, some really, really clean, like, you know, lullaby sort of vocals and all the way through some disgusting, crushing post-metalcore, hardcore stuff into this grungy alternative kind of rockier songs. And they're finishing with the title track that's just a really big, dark epic that finishes off, takes you on its own journey, but finishes you off as you go. You know, um, I just hope that everyone sort of lets them in. Um, I'd say, as you've said to you before, any album that's more than 50 minutes with 14 tracks, I'm going to be looking for stuff to be trimmed, you know, and I would, I can't find a track that I'd pull. Maybe the game, maybe, but that's one of the more straightforward tracks on there. Um, I think with the above, they've set the standard. And I think now as Colleen, Colleen Kinovsky did our review, incredible review 
Um, we talked last month how she never really seems to get the Glory albums because her taste is a bit left to the, to the side of what a lot of the Ghost Cult covers. Well, she, she smashed it with, with this review. As she mentioned, uh, just in her closing statement, um, they are now set to be the biggest influence on, on hardcore and on heavy music. And I think now we watch the sheep, they'll all follow the buzzards. Well done. Wow. Um, <laughs> I wish that was written down somewhere. Uh, that was amazing. Did you just do that on the spot with no practice. That's crazy. Uh, no notes. Uh, they, first of all, Colleen Bravo, great job. You know, like it's, it's not in our self-interest for the writers. Obviously we want to have a well-read, well-liked, you know, we want to be appreciated. We want to be, re- uh, you know, honored when we get it right. Obviously, this was going to be a, a big tentpole record for the whole year, not just September, not just that day. But you're not wrong. It is absolutely going to be one of the albums of the year, top 10 for sure. I can't imagine it not getting enough votes to be highly regarded by our staff. It is an incredible record. I listened to it twice. I saw them play live at Riot Fest. They were far and away the best or like arguably the best band of the whole weekend. I got to interview Jamie who thanked me in person and on camera for all our support. We were actually the first website to like break the news of the new album. Um, For whatever reason, I just was not sleeping and awake when they started (laughs) to leak out stuff and I just pieced it together and he thanked me for years of supporting them, which we have been literally with them from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I think it's either them or Turnstile are going to be like the band that's the most copied and followed band from this time in it right now. Um, and Mirror, which is definitely the most left field song on the whole album yeah. of the above, it may be the best song of the year. Like, I don't, we don't do like rank the songs or weekly top tracks. I've, I've been flirting with maybe having a Spotify, ongoing Spotify list, but it's one more chore for me to run or give to someone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, someone to do it, yeah. Someone for someone else to do for us. But, like, it is arguably the best song I've heard this year. It's incredible. They played it live. It was amazing. Reba's incredible. Any one of the people in that band could almost be a, a front person, which is weird and unusual that there's that much talent and charisma even among the individual members and i think jamie they're not afraid anymore of taking they just risk taking is now part of their paradigm which is like wow you know okay for but for a band that's also still accessible heavy true to who they were always and also but pushing forward the whole genre so like you know without like (laughs) going on and on about it it is that big it's a big record for this year it's a big record for the genre it's a big record for them yeah Uh, and uh, and uh some of it's about synchronicity i think in terms of timing um but it's interesting to hear that so obviously in the interim we talked we're talking off air but at the start wrestling comes up quite often um with us and and so on and in, in a way um i don't think it's you know, there's, there's nothing intentional around the timing of the release of the Code Orange album um, being so close to the passing of um, Wind and Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. Um, but I like the little mirrors and callbacks. There's a couple of really, really small motifs that have come from the, the theme music that they've done for Bray Wyatt's characters. They're not abandoning that. They're not copying the songs they've done for, you know, his intro music. But there's a couple of little bit of guitar motifs that are, are there. And in terms of quite a poignant, I guess, tribute, um it's you know the, the timing's kind of really really nice and that that side as well so and, and um yeah i wish wish we wish every band every success but 
it would be it would be good you know i think in terms of metal as a i don't know as, as a whole kind of thing collective we haven't had a really good breakthrough band since probably since slipknot for being really honest in terms of who's you know breaking through ghost gradual 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 build up to being a, a huge band in the sphere but this feels like they get the the festivals they get the touring right for this this cycle and then i think we see we see code orange truly establish themselves as like genre leaders right yeah fair play to them right on i uh it kind of reminded me that uh shatter callback definitely i heard it and it definitely reminded me of what seven dust did where they did the track on their second record insecure because lynn straight of snot had just died and then another record later they took that same motif from that little instrumental interlude and made a whole song of it and that whole song is angel son which is one of seven Dust's best songs and uh again sort of again sort of inspired by lynn and his passing and sort of losing their friend and um yeah, man, it's beginning. I like this is just the beginning for them. That's the thing. Like this yeah. is just the start of an album for them. Is never the finished product. So we don't know what else videos, live performance, visuals, but to see like fifty thousand people karate chopping and head banging and moshing to Code Orange at <laughs> yeah. Riot Fest is not a strictly metal fest. It's a lot of things, and it's a lot of indie rock. And The Cure was the headliner, and Foo Fighters were the headliners. And Code Orange played at like three o'clock on a Friday, and they were baller. They were so yeah. good. It really set the stage for the whole weekend, really, in a lot of ways. So very excited about them. And now that we did all of that, let us move <laughs> on to the forecast. Happy October. Happy spooky season. Happy Halloween. Almost. It is as we record this the first of october so what is on your radar for october releases there's so many how will you know and again talking about 29th of september 27th of october is same 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 but different um so i will we'll celebrate that in the first week of october um we will hit our 500th review um of the of the year so i think last year we finished the year around 550 so we're on track to around 600 this year um not just doing it for the sake of reviewing albums you know as we've talked before there is a, a process that involves us reviewing what we believe are the biggest and the best records so really really pleased to be hitting 500 probably about six weeks earlier than we did uh, did last year so but you talk about halloween you talk about spooky season so it seems the right place for us to start is uh to dive into the graveyard and start looking at some of the underground records that have caught the ear um, that are coming out in October. So for me, uh, I wanted to highlight uh, and apologies in advance, as always, for any bad pronunciations of anything that isn't basic English uh, on my part. I do have a Spanish GCSE, but that's like 30 years ago. And uh, I, I, yeah, uh, we won't go there. But in terms of German, uh, even less, even less, um, ability in that field so i believe the band is pronounced sunopfra but i may be wrong um it was a baroque black metal band um that's their style that's their tag they call themselves um out on dibamur morty who are really really good label put out a lot of interesting um slightly left field releases mainly in the black and kind of underground sphere uh one person band um it's kind of like raging melodic incredibly well played all the instruments are incredibly well played um on it um black metal album with, with 
as so I flourishes and kind of all sorts of interesting like melodic bits and symphonic bits and kind of but yeah one person playing playing drums but not in the way that one person black metal bands usually play drums there's incredible drums incredible guitaring so I can believe it's one person but yeah Sinoffa um on Devon Morty Morty sorry apologies for the pronunciations again uh with Nusom Dier I think is the name of the album it's in French um what a highlight it seems to be like a monthly calling out and celebrating transcending obscurity. Um, so Kunal, who runs it, must have one of the best ears in death metal uh, for new bands to pick up. But the uh, next support called Curse record, um, I've had this, to be fair, this came through a couple of months ago and I can't stop playing it. Just really, really good death metal um, record. Uh, highly recommended. Um, we'll mention Overthrow, uh, another label that we give a lot of Credit to is Redefining Darkness. So congrats again to Tommy, who runs that for his fantastic here. And they're kind of like a black and thrash band um, overthrow, but with a bit of a bit of death metal underlying in, in it as well. And um, they've, they've definitely impressed and definitely caught the ear for me, um, you know, coming into in talks over. So their album is called Essentially EP, is Ascension of the Entombed. Um, coming back to Deborah Momiotti, towards the end of the month, we have Ursha 2 with the kind of like a Mayan influenced black, black and um, progressive black metal sort of album, and the final one I want to mention from the pure underground sort of stuff um, is a uh, band actually quite local to myself. Um, Grief Symposium share a rehearsal space uh, with Ghosts of Atlantis, so I would like to give them a shout out. Not purely on a friendship basis. Uh, their first album was on Black Lion. Uh, the second album's coming out on Hammerheart. Um, what I really like about Ghosts of Atlantis is very immersive sort of band it's very symphonic black and metal so you think the polish of Dimmu Borgir um writing Christ those sorts of bands but with real theatre and real kind of um there's a, a big concept and a big story behind it very theatrical cinematic they've done movie uh, tracks previously so um and they just kind of ramps up what they did in the first record um and, and it's even kind of even bigger even more bombastic even more symphonic but you know, everyone says like oh, it's our heaviest album and our most melodic album, but to be fair, they've taken what they did on the first record and just sort of expanded everything. Um, so giving a shout out to Ghosts of Atlantis as well from the underground stuff. Um, I did try last month to make my list more brief rather than me just listing a load of bands for half an hour while Keith sits there waiting, going, Come on, man. Um, but we'll go through a couple of heavy metal records coming out, proper heavy metal. Um, the of course the year already says so Sorcerer. Um, and Reign of the Reaper, very, very good um, previous record. Um, the, the sort of follow-up to this is you know, well looked forward to on Metal Blades, um, who always keep their their roots to the roots of classic heavy metal. And speaking of the roots of classic heavy metal, also on Metal Blade, we have Dark Parade from, oh, is it Sirith or Kirith? I'm going, I should know, I like Lord of the Rings, I like the band, um, but either or, however you pronounce it. Um, this follow-up to the awesome Forever Black. Um, which kind of took took me by surprise because I kind of assumed the band was, you know, when you have bands that are 50 years in their legacy, you don't really expect them to kind of come out reinvigorated and as, you know, sounding as essential as they did. But Kira Thurngold did last time around, but our parade carries on in the footsteps of that. Uh, and you know, I like my cheese. So I, I'm going to shout out that I haven't talked about much power metal um, this year. There hasn't really been much this I've loved, which is disappointing for me. I do love my power metal. I'll give a little um, mention to Firestar. Uh, the album title was Firestar from Iron Saviour. Um, long running German band. Um, I 
you know, various members of Halloween have been in and out, and Primal Fear have been in and out of Iron Savior over the years. Um, don't know if there's any in the band at the moment, but yeah, Firestorm's a really a fire star. Sorry, can't believe my notes. It's a very strong, strong record. And then just a quick run through um, of the other ones that are on on the radar. Um, I won't. I'll, I'll let you talk about Prong. Um, they're coming up. Um, but in addition to that, Beartooth. Um, loved every record there too for done so far. I think uh, Caleb's really built uh, a powerful, credible band that seems to get better with each release. That seems to be more confident and know where where they are and what they want to do. So I'm really looking forward to that record. Um, been enjoying the new Within Temptation album. I think it's a progression on from Resist uh, last time around, and it's stronger songs. They've kind of embraced a bit more of the Stronger production, I guess, approach the more poppy sheen to it, but also bringing back a bit more guitar heft to it. For the first time, I really like a Rival Sons record as well. It's, uh, <laughs> I know, their second album of the year. Uh, so Rival Sons are releasing Lightbringer um, towards the end of the month. Um, and I, I kind of I, I get it now. <laughs> and maybe they hadn't, really. The one they've done really works. I think this they've taken a, an approach where they've gone for... It's only seven songs, but the songs are quite long and quite lengthy. They're allowing them the space to do what they need to do. I mean, it's an impressive album, I'll say that. Um, I have a couple more to mention, but I may leave them to see if you do. If not, then we'll pick them up. But after all that waffle, the one that I can't wait for everyone else to hear that we've had for a, for a good five, six weeks now is uh, comes out 6th of October, the new Svalbard album. Uh, the weight of the mask, uh, their debut for Nuclear Blast. Um, for those that are uninitiated, um, British band, um, I guess sort of like Rhino Tomasi, depending on your personal taste and background, you see them either as a black metal-ish band that goes into post-hardcore or a post-hardcore band that's coming into black metal. But either which way, the album's incredible. There's an added kind of um, shoegaze to it. I think it's a blackier metal album than the previous, probably possibly influenced by the success of Serena's uh, side project, not to, or not, who knows, you know, but where the inspirations come from, but it's a brilliant record. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone else will love it as much as, as, as I do. We've got um, Abstract Soul has written our review for that this week coming out. Very, very well written. Um summary of the record for you all to uh, to enjoy but yeah it's a great record <laughs> indeed if you don't have Svalbard in your collection or in life you have messed up uh, they are one of the I think of them and really earn as the two bands mm -hmm. that have really spearheaded this like they were first they were really like 2017 2018 bands yeah. that were the first forays into this current surge of incredible deep UK bands, and uh, can't say enough. I, I, I'm, I believe Tom Osman is going to review, is going to interview Svalbard for ah, those cult cool. for a podcast some soon. I'm trying to get that to happen, so I don't want to repeat my. You know, Serena is wonderful. I don't want to repeat myself. Um, yeah, of course, I was going to mention Prong and Svalbard, of course. Uh, these are two <laughs> huge albums for me for this year. I just saw Prong open for Metallica. They played in the parking lot. Um, you know, obviously, my personal bias is aside as the Thrash King, as, as Steve used to call me and me again. Um, 
prong is a band from my youth and I, you, my bands imitated prong as every band did imitate prong helmet, white zombie, etc. in New biohazard, uh, typo negative life of agony. We did all these things. Um, prong record's going to be awesome. It's going to be a full length contrary to a prior interview I did with Tommy where he said, I'm only doing EPs from now on and singles. Then he was like, nah, forget it. I, I write albums. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Nice. And, um, that's this, that's this week. So very high. Um, I have quite a few sort of underground albums to talk about, and not the commercial things, but I will ask you one. I'm going to interject myself and ask you a question. So you talked about it wasn't like so strong a year for power metal for you. How are you on the new Dragon Force album on making their debut for Napalm Records, which to me is a mild surprise that they were left Metal Blade at all. Or I don't know if Metal Blade wanted them still, but like <laughs> they certainly are. An, they're a band that sells. They're hugely popular. They have a cult, like beyond a cult following, they have a massive following from, you know, last 10, 15 years. So it was like really surprised to see them change labels and then go to Napalm. It was a huge get for Napalm Records. Yeah, yeah. What do you, how, are you excited for that new Dragon Force? Do you feel like they've said everything they can say and it's just going to be another record of wittily, wittily, wittily? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a, it's, an, it's a very interesting move. So I don't know. Um, in UK, they've been Century Media, um, I think, rather than rather Metal Blade. So, and I don't think they fit Century Media's current um, direction. I, th- I think there's definitely been a what's the way of putting it? So, Century Media grew up on Euro Metal, Power Metal, and um, Underground, that kind of melodic death metal stuff, but has evolved into being much more. Um, it's still got the death metal roots, but I think it's it's a bit more of a I don't know, mainstreamy, contemporary, you know, um, label these days. Um, I do think the last two albums they've done with, so to start off, I love the first album with Mark Hudson. Power Within is my favorite Dragon Force record, one of my favorite albums of the 2010s. Um, it's just pop power metal perfection for me because they did dial down the whittle a little bit. It, the song's about five minutes long, four minutes long, and they just, just absolutely smashed it on that. I think, what followed Dex Maximum Overload and then Extreme Power Metal. Um, they've tried to diversify and they tried to do some different things. Um, I, I get it. Like, I think, you know, um, interviewed Herman for, for, for us way back when, I think probably about 2016, 2015. And he was saying, look, we're never going to write death metal. We're not going to write Baroque jazz songs. I don't like that stuff. But within this sphere of what we do, actually, let's try and do some things that are slightly different. Not quite sure it's landed with as well as some of the previous stuff. So the last couple of albums don't seem to have had the profile of the sales of the go back to your um, Inhuman Rampage power within sort of stuff. But we're coming as an APAM on the back of we talked about Mark Hudson's solo album being really good, um, really strong, and actually you know, having a bit of a, a bit of a push. Uh, Napalm being a huge label um, and being able to throw their might behind. So I'm very interested as what they do. Um, I'd like to think they kind of don't dial back too much in the experimental stuff, but get back to that. Let's write four or five minute long, really good songs. And uh, they can be as cheesy as hell. This is great. This is fine. Um, Hopefully they won't mix up sex and computer games like they've done on a couple of their tracks, but you know, it's fine. (laughs) Do do, do you do you, I'll do me sort of thing. But I'm, I'm open-minded again. The last Dragon Force record, I, I was, you know, I listened, yeah, I listened to it kind of out of habit, whereas I'm excited to see what they do now. So. 
Nice. Thank you for that. I want, I was curious to know your take on it, and I got to ask you on the middle of the show, which is great. To further, really quickly, my predictions for the month, I'm very excited about this new band, the debut from The Keening. This, this is yet another refugee band from Sabrosa, my beloved Salt Lake City violins and metal and drone and doom band. And The Keening is another former member and I'm extremely excited about this based on what I heard so far. That is also out, I believe, very soon. Um, Knitland, for folks who are fans of High Lung, many people have possibly come to Ghost Cult from our association with our High Lung interviews and reviews. High Lung, Wardruna, some of the more spacey avant-garde moments of your battle metal and your enslaved, sort of their chiller moments. Knitland is a husband and wife duo from Siberia, no joke. And it is, but their music is, uh, has been this, you know, I don't think they like the idea of them being called a Norse pagan band, but Norse mythology and lore and topics. But now they're going into more of their natural native music, but also still kind of so it's world music for metalheads. And I interviewed Anatoly one half of the band and it was really interesting to talk about like their process and what you know they're actually like uh college masters and doctorate degree level college anthropologists who studied world music and folklore and you know different folk folk histories so super interesting intellectual take on this also make the music and again if you uh, high lung in particular is a really good one-to-one for them so if you like high lung you'll certainly like knitland uh here's a record i don't know if it's on our radar krieg which is one of the really great historical american black metal bands is coming back with their new record ruiner which is that quite there like a very long break between albums and uh, neil jameson has been a blogger and a critic of metal and music as well as a leading maker of the music so anytime they put out a record they really were the first crusty american black metal band of the last 10 years they were the first they were before midnight they were before all these other bands in hoods and masks they were just doing it their way and also you know vehemently anti-fascist as well so very cool um also rest in peace to dawn raid i just found out that dawn raid is broken up and what a shame that is because that record is also incredible from earlier this year speaking of similar the british equivalent to uh krieg um also of course you know i'm going to talk about crosses another release from crosses i wrote the review in the spring glad someone else is on the next one i don't think i could say any more about them than i did already um talk about some pop punk and emo the menzingers have a new album coming out we have covered their solo projects and covered up becoming a huge fan of theirs seeing them live open for rise against a couple of years ago uh twin temple big fan of them just saw them open for danzig in chicago great group very excited uh their new song be a slut is hilarious and also very poignant and feminist i'm about it uh of course uh we need to talk about a couple there's so many things uh we talked about we'll keep it with uh the ladies obviously doro the legend who we love and poppy and we were already very big on the Paris record from over the summer and Poppy and Paris have been touring together and Poppy's new record. I love the first single. Have not heard out much else since, but like I really am high on that. And then just two last ones. 
um, have to talk about the proper death metal of Autopsy. Never a bad record in the whole career. Um, and I got to see them live also this year. So it's like a lot of stuff I've seen live and then the record's coming out. And then just two last ones. Um, super excited and stoked on the new music from Reverend Kristen Michael Hader, formerly Lingua Ignota. And um, again, very churchy, transformative music. Um, I have only heard the singles and the one video, but very high on that. I suspected this was the direction uh, that artist was already going, and I'm glad they did. And then perhaps the feel-good story of the year after a horrible tragedy, Year of the Knife, has announced their new album. Uh, first of all, more important than any of this is that Maddie Watkins has finally gone home from the hospital after months, three months in intensive care, rehab, surgeries. She's not apparently still in a wheelchair, apparently still having some cognition issues, brain injury from a car wreck, a van wreck. Um, the band has suffered immensely. And if they were like, we're done, that's it. But they had already made their record and they were going to hold it to 2024. And now they're putting it out. And shout out. You know, we don't we there's so much criticism of the music business and I am the forefront of criticism of the industry and Live Nation and record labels and this Bandcamp sale, all these things weighing on me as a fan and lover and supporter of music. Pure Noise Records is gonna donate the proceeds from the album to the band purely to pay for their medical care and the ongoing bills that they're gonna have and continued treatments for Maddie. And you just don't see something so wonderful and generous from a record label ever. And I certainly wouldn't have, if they didn't, I wouldn't have been like, oh, those bastards. But like, no, what a wonderful thing it is that they're doing it. Um, and I'm excited for the record because we heard the first two singles and they slayed, uh, featuring uh, both Sanguisa Gabog and Full of Hell as guest vocalists. Um, so that's what I'm excited for. There's a lot more. <laughs> I left out a lot of things. We'll talk more about them next month, but it's it's packed with releases yeah. and both big name and lesser known bands. I hope everybody spends a little time with and checks out Steve, anything else you want to share before we put a, pull a plug on this thing, pull the plug on this pull thing. Just now you've been ticking them off as you go through most of the ones on the list, just uh, the only ones. And I've only had one track off of um, so far, so I'm very interested in Go Ahead and Die, uh, featuring a couple of Cavaliers, uh, Max and an Eagle with one R. Um, and I've really not seen too much about it, so I'm assuming it's still on the, the release list for later in the month, uh, 20th of October, same day as the uh, Reverend Kristen Michael Hayter release, is the new Merker album. I believe is due out 20th of October, but I haven't seen anything for a little while on that. And um, last album's a folk record. Love the two albums, the blackened albums that came beforehand. So yeah, the, yeah, this no is a step back. Like. Yeah, this is a step mm. back to before the folk metal. I think this is a much more extreme, heavy record overall. It's possible that it's going to have other flavors. I've only heard the first song that we we helped uh, we shared the news of the video and but it seems like from the notes that I was sent the press release intimated that it's going back a little more angsty and black metal so I think that'll be welcome uh the folk metal I listen there are a few people in the whole world that can match Merker as a folk metal artist and a singer 
but if she's going to take it back, dial it back to the heavy again, we're all for it. And I'm sure that's going to be a record I'm going to not shut up about next month and many more. But um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's it's stacked. It's so stacked. And uh, I think I tweeted, if you haven't already announced your album, maybe don't, because there is no doubt there's at least 400 I'm not even counting record store days, so, but there's 400 plus releases just in rock and metal from now until New Year's Day, at least. That's what I know about. There's probably we're missing some that are not announced, you know, yet to be announced or just not, like maybe push your record back to January or February because why try to fight in against the current of all this title of noise and records and releases and press releases and things just don't do it that's just my advice i'm not being negative if you have a dream and your record's coming out put your record out but also if you have the luxury of not putting it out don't just don't if you haven't if you haven't announced it by now you might not want to just 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 friendly advice and unless you're a black metal band ironically or unironically released on christmas day um, holiday releases are a bad idea. There's a Halloween release this year, and that's fine. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And I would love to see like a Black Braid album on American Thanksgiving. That would make a lot mm-hmm. of sense, uh, having talked to uh, Sagas away and talking about his art. Um, but, you know, don't do a Christmas release black metal bands. Don't do a anti Valentine's Day Valentine's. These com- these holidays are crappy enough. They're commercialized enough. I love Halloween, but like, don't do it. Just it's just boring. It's just boring. And honestly, any record that like I know this because I'll tell you what was clever. Uh, Satanic Tea Company, who I interviewed, and I love that EP put their record out on Wednesday because they knew on Friday they were going to get swallowed alive by every other release. And I was like, you know what? They did the full album stream and just dropped it. And I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea because there's an underground unknown band from Western Canada, not in a major city that has only a little bit of touring possible even for that group because they live in a remote place. So super smart. That's a good marketing idea. But like, if you're going to like, I need to get out before all these other things are, we're not going to get talked about. And I think Decibel premiered their album. So like their EP. So super smart. But like, other than that, don't do it. Put your record out on Friday. We moved to Friday for a reason. You know, uh, books still come out on Tuesday. Movies come out Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Albums come out Friday. That's what we as the press do. That's what we know. That's live there with us. Like come with us. Don't fight here. I'm gonna put it out on Saturday. No one's paying attention. I hate I hate to be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy. Um, Steve, as always, this is my favorite hour and change of every month. And um, I appreciate you and I thank you for all your hard work. And again, shout out to the staff. I've tried to name check them whenever possible. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Of course, this has been the Ghost Cold Magazine podcast, the Stephen Keefe Power Hour. Please join us again. If you if you made it this far, you are undoubtedly a real one. Please give us a re- review this podcast. Give us a like and a subscribe or a follow or whatever on the podcast networks of your choice. And uh, yeah, once again, we'll do it all over again in 30 more days. Peace. See ya. <laughs> yeah. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace.